And now, it's the Pixel and Roll Show with Adam McGinnis. What is up, Doe? Welcome to another edition of the Pixel Roll Show. We discuss playoff basketball and your Washington Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is April 18th, 2017. Your Washington Wizards are 1-0 in the 2017 NBA playoffs, defeating the Hawks 114-107. to With me today to discuss the big game one that happened on Easter Sunday, my sidekick, the alpha dog, Mr. Rashad Mobley. Rashad, what is up, bro? How are you? What is happening, man? I'm doing this pod. Um, I just watched Toronto beat Milwaukee, getting ready to switch over to this Bulls Celtics game. So a lot, lots going on here. Stimulus yeah. overload. How's that? How's that Bulls Celtics game looking? Uh, 60 to 59. The Bulls are winning, proving that what happened the other night was not a fluke, and they're going to be a problem. Yeah, that, that that is true. Like I just mentioned, uh, the Washington Wizards uh, defeated Atlanta uh, to take the game one of the seven-game series here in the first round of these NBA playoffs. Rashad, you were there at the game on Sunday. I was actually driving back from a friend's wedding. I was like, wow, I've watched all these games all year, and here I am in on I-95 uh, driving from Savannah, Georgia, back to the nation's capital. I was able to uh, go to a a local TGF Fridays uh, to watch the second half after listening to it struggling on my phone and wow what a what a what a change of a, a game this tale of two halves for uh, the sports cliches out there as as Washington really turned it on in the second half especially the third quarter to take control of this of this game and get the victory Rashad what was your thoughts of when you were there at the game and just your takeaways from uh, what you saw on Sunday. Well, first, you just—it's been a couple of years, so you forget how electric the playoff atmosphere is. I, I walked, booth was jumping. It was well, even before the game started, I walked into the arena with Chris Miller, and we both were amazed I mean, at how white the arena was. I mean, it was just there were t- they had T-shirts everywhere that said uh, "Family" on it, DC Family, something like that, and the arena just looked completely different. Um, and even once the game started. I mean, every seat was sold technically, but there were a few empty seats. I was talking to our colleague, Adam Rubin, about that, and it was a little disappointing there were empty seats, but the crowd was definitely into it at the beginning of the game and when the introductions were made. But the quality of play was just so lackluster in the first half. It felt it went from looking and sounding like a playoff atmosphere to feeling like it was the Milwaukee Bucks on a random Wednesday night. I mean, that's how... The noise level was, and that's how poor the play was. And the Wizards kept fouling. Um, they I was, was going to say, Rashad, do you think the refs had a lot to do with that? So many fouls in the first half. Uh, Missed shots as well, too. I'm going to say it's it was poor defense. There was a lot of 
there was a lot of reaching. Uh, there was a lot of um, overplaying. There was a lot of not communicating, and it just they were not the the starters weren't in sync defensively, and the bench in the first half looked even worse. And as I wrote about, as has happened in stretches of the game, you know, John Wall didn't get a couple calls here and there, and he just became obsessed with. What, what do I need to do to get a foul instead of running the offense, instead of getting Bill going, instead of getting his teammates going? He was just trying to draw a foul, and it just made everything disjointed. Meanwhile, the only reason, <clears throat> excuse me, the only reason that the Hawks were even still in the game is because they were getting to the line. I mean, it was, I believe they shot 22 free throws. I mean, there was, it wasn't uh, worthy of a, you know, a rant by a Memphis coach, but it was, the, the disparity was pretty, was pretty big and it was keeping the Hawks in the game. And I think one of the differences in the third quarter was that, I mean, literally, Coach Brooks said, we stopped fouling. And so when they stopped fouling and John Wall started getting everyone involved and Marquise started getting more aggressive, they won the game. Um, but the reason it was so close and the reason why the Wizards weren't able to pull away is because of the disparity in fouls, meaning they were fouling more than they were going to the line. What was... What do you think ended up being the difference in this game then? Oh, the difference was clearly, I mean, it was as if Marquise Morris went into the chest of Paul Millsap and just stole his heart because Millsap is, with Jeff T gone and with Al Horford gone, Millsap is the best player on that team. And in the first half, he was going to work. He was getting into the line. He was getting to the line. But Marquise dunked on him a couple times. Gortat dunked on him. And in the second half in particular, he was just getting out physical. He wasn't getting those shots that he was getting before. And meanwhile, Marquise had the game of his life in his first playoff game. And Gortat showed signs of, of waking up. And I think that was the difference. I mean, th- I mean, of course, John Wall took over in the third quarter. And Bradley Bill finally woke up in, in the fourth. But I think the fact that offensively, you know, the Wizards weren't at their best. But the Hawks' best player just didn't have it. You know, he just didn't have it in the second in the second half. And then there are other little factors. Again, as I wrote about, like Tim Hardaway was like two for twelve. He was completely off. Uh, Schroeder just was not. He was nowhere near as disruptive as Jeff Teague was the last time the Wizards played. And so, you know, there there are some things on that side of the ball that they can improve. But John Wall was too great, and Beal and Morris and Gortat came up with timely baskets. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you look at the box score, it's weird. Neither team really shot well from the three. Atlanta was 7-25. The Wizards were 8-28, you know, 28% for the Wizards and 28% also for the Hawks. Free throw disparity is glaring. The, the Hawks were 32-39 from, from the charity stripe. The Wizards were 16-17. So the Wizards did shoot a high percentage while the Hawks almost <laughs> shot uh, almost double, over double that they did. Uh, but, but the thing that stands out is the Wizards were able to force uh, 19 turnovers, uh, especially a lot in the second half, and, and neither team really shot the ball that well. Uh, 43% for Atlanta, and uh, the Wizards shot 45%. But, but you know, especially in the third quarter where John Wall was able to get out a little bit on this, at the end of the second, but it was such a slog there in the first half that you really saw why Washington has been successful as they had this season is when their offense starts flowing. I mean, they scored 42 points in the first half and 69 in the second half, really fueled by John Wall. But but also, you know, Gortat and Marquis were making those shots down low. Uh, you know, you had Otto, you know, getting some timely rebounds. 
Same with Beal. Uh, and Bradley, like you mentioned, finally got going after a slow start, and, and Otto did hit a hit a couple threes. What, what was it? Just John Wall just taking this game over? I mean, it, he was putting on some highlight highlight plays, and I think the national audience, especially the first game on Easter Sunday, that the people got to see more of John Wall. You know, we've seen it sprinkled here and there, but you know, we really haven't had that many primetime games uh, on weekend. So this this really was a time for uh, John Wall to shine, and man, did did he ever! He, he looked great. He looked confident, and he, when he ran the offense, and when he was aggressive, and he stopped trying to play that that cannot draw a foul game. Which I mean, it was. I mean, I hate to harp on it, but it was really annoying in the first half. He was just kind of. He wasn't driving to the basket to score. He was driving, and he immediately would look at the refs to see, okay, did that work? Was that enough? And it, it just it made everything disjointed. There was no such thing in the third quarter. He was decisive. He hit a three pointer and gave everybody a Jordan shrug. You know, he got into the lane, and he just was the disruptive force he he usually is, and that was the difference. Um, you know, the the bench play wasn't particularly great throughout the game. They didn't get a whole lot. Otto Porter wasn't, you know, he wasn't his normal self. Um, they missed Mahimni at times, but again, they 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 won. And one of the things that we've seen from this team since the first road West Coast road trip is that the Wizards now know how to win. When they're not at that at their best, you know, like the equivalent of a pitcher who doesn't have it, but can just bat out those six or seven innings enough to get the win. That's who the Wizards are. I mean, you would have liked more from Otto Porter from outside. Jason Smith and Bogdanovich just weren't aggressive at all. Um, but Kelly Oubre was had some timely plays on defense, and Brendan Jennings. Again, he didn't shoot particularly well, but pushed the pace, particularly in the second half, and they won ugly. And so, if you are Wizards, you feel good because you know that okay, maybe Markeith won't have as good as a game as he had before, and John won't play that well. But you can count on Otto Porter will get his mojo back, and Jason Smith will shoot a little bit better, or Bogdanovich will get hot, and so they, you know, they should feel good going into game two. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the plus minus stats, they also stand out. Bradley Beal plus twenty one, Markeith plus eighteen, Wall plus eight. Uh, and Otto Porter plus 20, Mar- Marshall Gortat plus 21, and then the bench, minus 16 for Ubre, minus 10 for Jennings, minus 9 for Bogdanovich, minus 13 for Jason Smith, and minus Sadoransky, minus 5 and 2 minutes of action. It almost reverted back to this earlier part of the Wizard season. You know, coming back from the you know 2-8 and eight start here in September when they started getting their feet a little bit and crawling back to 500, the starters really perform well, and the bench struggle. But in this game, especially the bench in the first half, I think was why Atlanta got their lead they did, and the bench was was decent in the second half. And I also felt another thing that uh, adjustment that Brooks made was having Wall and Beal out there in the second half with the unit and not going with totally uh, the bench players and the reserves in the uh, first half. Well, yeah, Scott Brooks even said after this game he was not thrilled with how the bench played, and he said going forward... He's going to need more out of them in both halves more consistently because he knows that they're, they're going to need rest, especially if they go on a deep run wall and Beal in particular are going to need rest, and he wants to be able to rest both of them like he was able to do the second half of the season. So he, you know, he didn't he didn't call them out Paul George style, but he he did voice his concerns on on how they were playing, and he said that they even though they played better in the second half, he needs them to be even better more consistently for the next game. Um, but, you know, the only thing, well, there are a couple things that concern me. Um, 
I, I don't know if you've been watching the Pacers and Cavs series, but if you're the if you're watching, you're a Cavs fan. You're a little frustrated that the games are close. They're a little too close, and at any point, all it took is one, you know, Paul George or Lance Stevenson getting hot, and that game would have been the other direction. And I felt the same against the Hawks. The interior defense for the Wizards was just not there. I mean, as you know, Gortat is not exactly the Kimbe in there. There was no Mahimni to come off the bench, and they just the Hawks were able to score so easily, and the Wizards were never able to stretch their lead larger than ten points. And you know, on the road, that's that's the Hawks shouldn't be able to do that. So that that's a major concern: is how are the Wizards going to continually defend on the interior without Mahimni and without Gortat being really the greatest defender? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Hawks plus minuses, it was almost the reverse. You got Schroeder at minus eleven, Millsap at minus twenty, Prince minus four, Dwight Howard minus twenty-one, Tim Hardaway minus fourteen, Bench Bazemore plus seven, Ilasova plus. Oh, sorry, Bazemore plus nine, Ilsova plus seven, Muscala plus twenty, Donnelly V plus two, and Calderon minus three. And, and, and this game was got a little bit closer than it was. I mean, the Wizards, Wizards really pulled away there in the end of the third, and it got a little bit too close to comfort, probably there in the fourth quarter. But at that point, it seemed that uh, Budenholzer was content. I think he had Millsap on the bench there, and I think they cut it down to maybe seven or six. With a couple of minutes left, and then Wall got fouled, and they made another big bucket uh, to, to basically put it away. Now, when you look at the Hawks and their lineups, you know what kind of adjustments do you you feel out of them? I mean, you, you mentioned earlier about you know Hardaway, you know who'd burned the Wizards, you know last time they played in in the Verizon Center. Uh, I was at that game. Uh, Hardaway was the one that really ignited them and kept that game uh, really close, and he shot two of eleven. And 0-6 from three, you don't really see that happening again. And Schroeder, you know, had 25 points, 8-16 from the field, but it felt like his defense, especially on John Wall, was lacking. Wall was basically getting anywhere he wanted to go, especially in transition. When you look at Atlanta, what worries or concern you or what kind of adjustments can they make? You know, maybe going smaller or is it just a matter of they might just not have what it takes to keep with the Wizards here. Tim Hardaway, the Wizards were not defending him particularly well. He just missed some wide-open shots. That's another concern. He was missing wide-open shots from the top of the key. It's the kind of thing where the Wizards are going to be in trouble if he comes out and hits his first two shots um, tomorrow. So, you know, it's not like the, the Hawks don't have the firepower. It's just they were off. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Budenholzer um, switches over to Baysmore and starting lineup as, a to- as opposed to Torian Prince at some point. Before the game, he said he liked how his team was playing with Prince in the lineup, and he wanted to stick with it. But Baysmore is way more aggressive offensively. Um, he, As you know, he shoots well from the outside. He can get in the lane, and he seems to get under the Wizards' skin. And that you, you would think that you want that person in your starting lineup. So he hasn't made any mention of switching it up, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Uh, I don't see Dwight Howard being a factor in in the series. He just, he, I mean, he just looks a step slow. And as somebody uh, observed, it's very odd to see his former protege outplaying him thoroughly the way that Gortat did. I mean, Dwight Howard just didn't have anything, and even when he got the ball in the post, he was he was not a threat. So, over the years, we've seen Dwight Howard kind of have Gortat's number, be in his head in certain games, and you know, Martian is. You know, he's been hit or miss uh, this whole season, especially in the second part of it. 
Uh, it was good to see him respond the way he did. And that, that slam that he had, and he, he stared down. Millsap, I think, kind of pushed him off. Intentionally or unintentionally, if tough to tell, he ended up getting a technical. But I had not seen that aggression out of Marchand. I mean, even the pick and rolls that him and John Wall, you know, that's been a bread and butter of them two since Marchand came over from Phoenix. It was almost like Wall was leading him to, to open space that really wasn't there, but Gortat just knew where to go instinctively. And sometimes we have not seen that out of Gortat all the times. I mean, sometimes he'd have balls slip out of his hands and, and, and or he wouldn't finish as well. But man, he really was able to just be on the same sync with John uh, in, in a way that I hadn't seen him uh, be that sharp, those two uh, throughout, especially in big game situations like in the playoffs. And he was. I mean, he's been, even when he hasn't been playing well, he's been rebounding well all season. And he continued that with 10 rebounds. But the way he was rolling, just he was feeling confident with the ball. And again, I don't know whether that's because he's going up against Dwight Howard and he's just extra motivated, or maybe he's just in playoff mode. But it, that was a pleasant surprise when when you were looking at this series. You kind of figured that, that Gortat was going to get outplayed, and that wasn't the case in game one. So. We'll, we'll see if the trend continues, um, despite the technical. It was just nice to see to see him have a little swagger, have a little attitude. You know, that, that, that always helps. And that's not something that the Wizards have had since the Nene left. That kind of, you know, that kind of edge, that kind of attitude. Uh, that you, you mean death row DC? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Uh, how do you feel about this? Uh, that Dan, Dan Seiberg really wrote a big, big piece, piece about that. What are your What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not acknowledging that. I mean, come on. It, it didn't end well for Death Row. So, or <laughs> <laughs> such night, right? So, do, do do you really want to be compared with them? No. I, I mean, I like the attitude, and one of the reasons that me and Charles Barkley seem to think that the Wizards have such a good chance against the Cavs, assuming that they both get there far, is Marquise Morris. I mean, he's just he's the X factor. He plays with that edge and that attitude. So. I appreciate, I mean, I guess every team has to do some kind of bonding drill before the playoffs, and if death row works for them, that's fine. I'm just, I'm, I'm not acknowledging that. <laughs> we talked about it earlier with Markeith and the attitude that he, that he brought, brought playoff game. That two donks, the alley-oop, it really seemed to ignite the crowd there, and the bench was going nuts, and you were talking about how the crowd was lulled to sleep there after being kind of raucous at the beginning of, the, beginning of this game. They really were boisterous, it seemed like, on TV uh, during that third quarter run. Oh, they were. I mean, it was Wall. It was Morris. It was, you know, Bradley Beal started to heat up a little bit. And at that point, with every made basket, the you know, the crowd was into it. But, again, they could never reach that, that peak, that frenzy, because Atlanta was not going away. You know, it, it was it was not like the lead was 15 and then 20, and then it got to the point where the starters sit. It just it, it never got to that point. Atlanta was able to just hang around. Again, I made the comment that it was like the Pacers and Cavs. Like every time, like on paper, it seemed like the Wizards should be pulling away because Wall was in sync, Beal was playing well, and Gortat and Morris were playing well, but Atlanta was right there. And I think, you know, maybe it was because Otto wasn't on or they got nothing from the bench, but mainly it was because they were they, they just kept fouling. If I'm Scott Brooks, I'm telling them we need to get out and run and we need to play the way we play in the third and fourth quarters right away and put this team on their heels because they're, they're going to hang around. What do you see here for game two? 
what is your thoughts? Uh, I will be at the, the phone booth uh, tomorrow night on Wednesday when everyone's hopefully listening to this because I'll get this up as soon as we get done recording. So you'll be prepped and ready. So a little game two preview action here, Rashad, as we as we head into uh, you know wild ride here. It, it feels different. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited, you know, especially getting that game one out of the way and getting a victory when the Wizards, like you said, didn't really play their top A game uh, with so many fouls on them in the first half. And, and, and Millsap calling it uh, MMA, quote, afterwards, even though shot a million more free throws. <laughs> well, in, in fairness, I, I don't think he was saying that the Wizards were doing anything illegal. I think he was just talking about from an aggressive standpoint, the Wizards were aggressive and the Hawks weren't. But that's still a little disingenuous because the Hawks were getting the lion's share of the calls in the first half. That being said, if I'm Budenholzer, I'm making a concerted effort to go to Millsap early and often and get Markeith in foul trouble. That game one notwithstanding, Markeith has a tendency to not just foul early in games, but to get fouls in bunches, to to see himself with two fouls. And I think that if I'm Budenholzer, I'm going to do that and try to get Jason Smith in the game just to throw off. I mean, let's, let's face it. There's a difference in aggression when Jason Smith is in the game, and Jason Smith relies more on the outside shot, shots not scoring in the post. So I think that's that has to be the game plan, number one. Number two, playing off of Millsap, they're going to get Tim Hardaway some open shots. They're going to get him, you know, get him the ball, get him in rhythm. If, if you get um, Morris and or Gortat in foul trouble, and then Hardaway is hot and you have, Porter or Beal or Porter having to play a little harder on defense, it's going to throw off the rhythm for the Wizards. And I think that's what they're going to aim to do, much like they did in the first half, try to be disruptive, try to slow things down. So that's what I see. From the Wizards' standpoint, you want to run. I mean, they just they have to watch the fouls, and they have to continue to run to keep the Hawks on their heels. Yeah, definitely. I think they got to shoot a lot better from three-pointer, three-point range. And Wall was able to you know, extend his his shot and make a couple of big baskets, but Beal was two eleven from from three. Porter leading the league in three point percentage, only shot two. Jennings is still shot is still not there. Bogdanovich was zero for one. I mean, we definitely those two things have to uh, improve for the Wizards uh, to prevail. Not so much in this series, but as they extend out as we continually go on through the playoffs, and you know really put their foot on Atlanta here by taking a 2-0 lead. I mean, you don't really want to give them any momentum headed back to the ATL with a 1-1. I mean, they want to jump on, get the crowd involved, get them, er- get them going early. A wall can get hyped. I mean, I don't know if we can expect Morris to perform the way he did, but, you know, Morris is the X Factor still, and, you know, Millsap's going to get his, but I see him more going off probably in – in Atlanta, and maybe taking a game three or four based upon you know him being tough, but I think that it is more so of you know limiting Bazemore, Schroeder, or Hardaway to to really you know taking advantage here in the series at two to nothing as they head uh, into the weekend, and it'll it'll be key. I mean, let's just get this momentum going. I, mean, I think it's one of those senses where you know if they win this series four one, Boston the Chicago series, uh, you know, goes a little bit longer. I mean. That will be uh, advantage to the to the Wizards. Of course, I'm talking about winning the series already, and, and we're uh, going into Game Two. But I'm always looking ahead, Rashad. Well, I mean, they should win this series, and I, I think that if you are being realistic, John Wall is not going to put up 32 and 14. Well, he may put up 14, but he's not going to put up 32 points. And what you would hope is that Beal would find his shooting stroke mainly from three. I mean, 
you know, it's funny before the game, uh, someone asked Budenholzer what the biggest difference was between a Randy Whitman coach team and a Scott Brooks coach team. And first he was giving everybody the diplomatic bullshit answers. Like, you know, they're both great coaches and, you know, I don't see a big difference. But then as he kept talking, he admitted, you know, the style of play is different. He was like, Bill shoots more threes, you know, and he's like, that's, that's noticeable. And that's why his scoring average is up. Bill turns around and just has a horrible game from three point land. And so, and a lot, it a lot of open looks too, I thought. Yeah, I was going to say, much like Hardaway, it has nothing to do with the opposing defense. He just was missing shots. He was getting wide open shots and missing them. And so I think you could see a, you could have a scenario where scoring wise, Wall and Bill switch roles where Wall doesn't score as much. He still has a high assist total, but Bill gives you what Bill has been giving this game, notwithstanding what Bill has done in the playoffs during his short career. You know, give you 25 to 35 points and, you know, just just really have a big game. So I think you can expect that. I don't expect the bench to play as badly as they did before. I mean, Brandon Jennings' shot is not coming through that door, I don't think. But as long as he pushes it and he plays a two-man game with Bondanovich, which he did so well in the second half of the season, that that will be enough. You know, I, I think that's what you can expect from the Wizards. Otto Porter, he's been in a slump here lately. So whatever you get from him is gravy, which is – Ironic because that's what you would have said from Gortai going into the series. But, you know, I, I think that as long as Wall or Beal has a big game and they stay out of foul trouble, all the games should go exactly like this one are going. And you mentioned the the Bulls and the Celtics series going long. As we speak, the Bulls are up 12 with 10-28 left in the first quarter. Oh, wow. Some some great some great podcasting we're uh, but yes, it, yeah. I mean, regardless of what happens if Boston comes back or Chicago, Chicago to a lead, that that seems to be extending. You know, with with what's going on with you know the unfortunate circumstances around Isaiah Thomas, and and it seems like the Bulls maybe match up pe- well with them as well. Well, you know, Adam and I were talking. the The Bulls are built for the playoffs. I mean, as, as old and as slow as they looked in the regular season, in the playoffs, you know. Robin Lopez is covering a lot of ground, and Rondo is able to be crafty, and Wade doesn't have to play a lot, and they just, I mean, Bobby Portis, your boy, yes. is, he, is heating up and playing well, so I, I just... And Miritich is, is finally doing some decent things. All right, so they're built for the playoffs, whereas Boston, their lack of options is exposed, and it's like they, the Wizards really, I'm sure, would love to play either team, because they just, they're better offensively. And plus, if Boston doesn't make threes, I mean, they don't really have anyone to really create off the dribble aside from Isaiah and, you know, sometimes Bradley. But, I mean, Crowder and Smart, they haven't played that well down the stretch. And As you said, that Kelly Olenek just hit a three. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Go Gonzaga. Oh, so any other thoughts here in the playoffs before we jam? Selfishly speaking, I, I, not only would I like the Wizards to go up 2-0, but I'd like for it to get to a point where, it, there are six or seven minutes left in the game. They're up by a comfortable amount, and the starters can rest. Um, there were a couple of scary moments in that game. Um, but Jason Smith uh, was down for a while and got hurt. And, you know, a couple times Gortat looked like he was banging up. It turns out Ubre did get hurt, and he sat out practice yesterday. They said that he should be fine. So it just because they're a little thinner than normal with no Mahimi, I'd like for them to, instead of letting Atlanta hang around, just kind of put the game out of reach so they can rest their starters because they're they're going to need them. Um, but there was nothing that I saw to make me think that Atlanta can win this series. But there are things that I saw 
that make me think that they can stretch it out and, you know, kind of stretch the, the Wizards out more, which the Wizards don't need. So when you go to the game, hopefully they can put it out of reach pretty early. What, what about Mahimi? Any, any word on him? Should we just write him off for the playoffs? I mean, is it day-to-day? Is it any any scuttlebutt? Well, I don't think he's going to play this series. He is shooting in practice, but again, with, with the boot on, he didn't have the boot on during the game, but I, I think as a precautionary measure, they're, they're just not going to play him this series. But, you know, I, I've seen him at the end of two practices now, and he is getting shots up, but there's no lateral movement, no running, no jumping. So, you know, I, I'd say that he's out for the first series still. There's, there's nothing changed there. Definitely. Uh, gonna need his uh, defense ability on the second unit and his fouls, especially against the Cavs. If when they go up against you know Love and a Thompson, hopefully here in the Eastern Conference Finals, depending on how that shakes out. But, I love our optimism here. Uh, you, you know, I'm all about it. I'm all about. It. I was I actually looked up the other day when the NBA Finals is gonna be. So I was planning a trip. So I wanted to make sure a Memorial Day. But the NBA Finals starts after the Memorial Day holiday, so uh, I will be good. With that, and maybe the Wizards will just sweep everything, and we'll all be there. But Rashad, this might be a record. Uh, we we spent more time on Skype trying to figure out this call than I think we did podcasting. So this is record. <laughs> I don't know what this is. We're just so sharp, or there isn't really much really to say. But other than we got it all out, I don't have anything else to add. Other than uh, everyone, thanks for uh, for joining us, and we. Keep doing this. Uh, have some pods here. Hopefully, smoother, quick ones that aren't two-hour monsters. Uh, and then I'll have, try to fix this technical difficulties. Go re- read Rashad's piece on Truth About It. He kind of went in some concerns that he had in the thing and also some X-Factors. And also, Adam Rubin had a good piece on Markeith that should go on truthaboutit.net and check out. And then you, I will have my piece, piece up, up, ap- up after... after. The game two victory and the audio, of course, is going to shoot out. So that is a sign for us to leave. Rashad, thank you so much for your time tonight, and uh, we'll be we'll be jamming soon about this basketball team. Yes, sir. Sounds good. All right, thank you everyone for joining us on this podcast, and as always, go Wizards. Peace out. <laughs>
bit of life after death Scatter my ashes when it's my time to rest With the lines I'm obsessed Rhymes I possess, can't deny Seen the biggest guys cry to confess In the breath, fresh death Pass in the chest, unimpressed with the cess Left scars in the flesh, he's the best Worst kept sparring in jest Saying star never bar too far from the nest So I never left and never thought about doing so I took and fro from that prime time to a home You see I'm you with those nights I should have known Better like whatever, still my bread to say I'm too involved But who would know what the family first is Till your dreams see free family hearses Worst is what it mean to speak at the service So I penned a couple bars, didn't need to rehearse this <laughs> 